0: Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Ask a question. How many of you were here 10 years ago for the Los Conscious fire that, that took place? It was 10 years ago, 2011. So quite a few of us, about half of us in the room, were here for that. That was actually 10 years ago yesterday um, when that took place. So 10 years ago today, nobody was here. We were all scattered um, and dispersed amongst New Mexico. But I remember it happened on a Sunday. I was at China Moon. I had lunch with a, a, a former student of mine. I come out, and that day was just blue skies, no clouds, nothing hot. Walked outside, and then there was like this puff of smoke, and it was like, "Oh, there's a, there's a fire there." That's interesting. And then I went home, and you just kind of periodically would watch it throughout the day, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. My wife, who was taking a nap, I remember she she and I love my wife, but she was like, "What is he doing?" Because about every 10 minutes, I kept going. Uh, in and out of the door, and we have one of those screen doors where it opens, and then it kind of shuts real fast, but right before it shuts, it stops, it pauses. You know, it's like, shh, and then it, boom, it slams in and makes this really loud noise. Anyway, so she's like, what is happening? And I said, there's a fire, and it just keeps getting bigger, and she's like, yeah, 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 and then she looked outside, was like, oh my gosh, and you could see the flames starting to creep over, and that's when we were like, we got to get it. We got to go. <laughs> we got to get out of here. And um, the rest of that week unfolded. Pretty, pretty um, crazy day in my life that I will never forget. One of the things I remember going through on that day was we had to pack. And we only had a few moments. So what are you going to pack? What, what, what's important And it was an interesting little test for me because I've never been in that scenario. And really, we just packed some clothes, some technology, and not much else. And that was a calming thing for me to just be like, I have all this stuff that I like, but if it goes, it goes. And I want to kind of talk about that today because as we've been doing this series on storytellers, Jesus is going to kind of talk about the things that are temporary. And there are things in our life that are temporary, and then there are things in our life that are eternal, that matter, that have significance and importance. And I want to talk about that investment. Like today, when we have the, the Kids Volunteered Freedom Kids Team meeting, that is more than just a temporary, oh, we need some babysitters for an hour so we can have a service. Our belief and our idea is it's so much bigger than that. That when you have a killer kids ministry in a community, it can change the community. That it is not only helpful for us in the room, but when when you know kids are being taken care of, they're having fun, they're in a safe environment, they're learning about Jesus, that that's attractive to the community at large who... who wants nothing to do with Jesus. They're like, hey, there's something there for my kids. And it goes beyond just even being able to reach our community and be a light into our community to reach young families in our communities. Because I really believe if Freedom Church, which we're three years old, is going to make it past 10 years or 15 years, like we can... Us in this room, hey, we can make this thing go for 15 years, but I think God's calling this to go for generations beyond us. And so I really do believe that the next leaders, the next you in the room, the next people leading in the the next generations of kids, they're in there, the next pastors, the next connect group leaders, they're in there, we're raising them up now. So when I go into a meeting today to kind of catch the vision, it's not just how can I help on on an hour, This is things of eternal matters. When we meet next week for tacos, yes, we're having fun, but that idea of community and relationships. Are you going to develop a best friend at a taco party? Maybe, that would be cool, but probably not. It takes time. Like, it's just an an initiator to help start the conversation and have a good time hanging out together. These things of eternal lifelong significance beyond just the temporary. Jesus would tell stories. We call them parables in the church world. He would tell stories that would um, be confusing because on the surface you'd hear the story, like that's a great story. And people would walk away and be like, I don't know who this Jesus guy is. But the hungry ones... It would often say the disciples, the ones who say there's something beyond just this story that he told that's supposed to be for me that has this eternal significance that's supposed to speak right to me and to my soul. So the hungry ones, they had to go after it because Jesus often didn't provide explanations, although we do get one here in the one we're going to read today. Do I have someone, I see some things moving on. Do I have a thumbs up on anything or any sort of update that's going on? We're good? Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, and thank you. Yeah. If you're online, we kind of had a little bit of a med- medical emergency that um, people were attending to. I'm getting a thumbs up that we're we're okay for now. And I'll, I'll follow up and, with the parents later. Jesus said how you live today impacts your eternity. So those guys, when they heard the story, they said, ah, 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 Jesus is up to something. I'm hungry in a deeper spiritual sense, so I'm gonna go after this. I'm not satisfied with surface level crumbs. I know there's a juicy steak here, let's get at it. And so he knew that we're talking about eternal things here. It's more if you go to a funeral where it's like ashes to ashes, dust to dust type thing. And, and those who, who believe in God are like, I'm, we're, there's something more and more significant. Uh, an atheist. If, if, if you're here today, I'm glad you're here, but you really would just believe we're nothing but dust, like we live and then we just return to, to dust. And I would say just kind of as a joke, you're more than but you're more than butt dust. all right? <laughs> you have meaning, you have significance, you have purpose. And you know that. You know that, that, I, that there's something more here. That's, the, that's what the Christian life proclaims, that there's more to life. So when we read this, understand. There's more here. Why do we follow Jesus in these crazy stories anyway? Because of evidence. The only reason we're here celebrating Jesus, we can look back on the historical evidence that he lived. And in this no name Jesus, in this no name town of Bethlehem, he was born, started doing amazing, miraculous things, and claiming that he was God. And then he died, which everybody thought that's not God. That's not the Messiah. He's he's not the one because God wouldn't go down like that until three days later, they saw him alive again. And then they said, my goodness, something, he's God. He is who he says he is. And then then that sparked Christianity. Then these guys said, we got to tell everyone what he said, what he did, These stories, they are of eternal importance. I want you to understand, when we're reading these stories, why? Because Jesus said them, and he was God. He created life. He knows how it works, so there's something here. Now, his stories were controversial, too. You ain't going to like today's story. I ain't going to like today's story. Jesus didn't really care about what our feelings were. He's like, this is how life works. You got to get this. You got to get this. You got to get this. So hopefully we're, we're in now. We're a little bit invested. I'm going to read this story. It will be up on your screen. This one's in Luke chapter 16. This one comes off the heels of last week when we talked about the story of not the prodigal son, the prodigal father. Remember, the religious leader says, why does he hang out with such sinners? Why does he hang out with such scum? And he hits them with three stories to say, I came for everyone. I hang out with them. Why don't you? Because this is what life's about. Immediately goes into another story. Jesus told this story to his disciples. But we also will see that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they're lingering around too. They're listening. He says, there was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day, a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. Uh-oh. Lean to your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Give him the title of my sermon, Money Money Talks. Say, Money Talks. Jesus is about ready to give a money talk. He gave several of them. One day a report came. Put it in the chat, Money Talks. A report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money, so the employer called him in and said, what is this I hear about you? Get, it, get your report in order because you're going to be fired. Oh, he sees, the manager sees, and there is accountability. The manager thought to himself, now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, I know. I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I'm fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. He says, I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat. Here, the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it was true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the light. And thank you, Jesus, we get an explanation here. So if you want to underline this, highlight this, if you're not taking notes, write this down. If you are taking notes, write this down. You can put this one in the chat. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Hello, 4th of July and tacos. (laughs) <laughs> let's, let's use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, and one day they will be gone, you, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you are faithful in the little things, you are, will be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you will be honest with the greater responsibilities and if you are untrusted with worldly wealth, you, who will trust you with the true riches, the true riches of heaven? If you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be, serve God and be enslaved to money or stuff. Now, if I'm on Jesus' public relations team, if I'm on his social media team, Jesus, no, please, no, 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 no. We don't, let's not talk about this. This is not gonna get you a lot of followers. This is not gonna get you a lot of likes. This is a first century, much like, much like today, that likes power, that likes status and authority, much like today with What you do equates to who you are. Guys, I'm going to speak directly to you. You are more than what you do. All right? This is why when I run a men's group at Freedom Church, you can't talk about work. You are not allowed to talk about work because what do we do, guys? Your immediate go-to, how are you doing? I'm doing great, but work is? Blah, blah, blah. All we know how to do is talk about work. So we shut that conversation down. I'm, I'm, for, I'm a fan of work, but you're more than work. That's not your identity, but that's where we get it from. Oh, that's where we get it from. So when that's part eliminated from the conversation, now you have to talk about home, which usually means you have to talk about you and deal with you. And that's the good stuff. That's where That's where you grow. Jesus is talking about money in a culture that likes status, that likes titles. The disciples would argue and say, who's the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? They're arguing over these things. So he's talking about this to a crowd that's not going to be too excited about what he has to say. In fact, it says in verse 14, it says, the Pharisees, here you go, here you go, who dearly loved their money, who liked their stuff, who liked their status, who didn't like to be challenged, Heard all of this and scoffed. Now, anytime I talk about money at Freedom Church, it's hard because I got to see your face, <laughs> and and uh, I, I don't. There's maybe some scoffers in the room. It's hard because it's personal, and Jesus is, is like a two-edged sword, a double-edged sword. He's just penetrating right to the heart. And Jesus says, you appear righteous in public. Ah, come on, Jesus. Come on, just tone it down. But God knows your hearts. So I'm not, I'm not I want something for you today. I don't want anything from you, okay? As a pastor, it's, this is not a give your money to the freedom church or, oh, we're dying. We need money. No, this is all about what God, God wants something for you. All right. He's going to challenge you a little bit today on, on maybe how you are dealing with this. Because we like our messages on peace, we like our messages on joy, we like our messages on, on grace and love, but when it comes to money, we're like, I'm going to need chapter and verse on that one, because I don't, I don't know. I get it. I'm right there with you, but here it is. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Now, do we know any of the names of these Pharisees? Yeah, me neither. All right, so I want, I, want, I want a life of significance. I want something that's going to honor my Lord and my Savior. There's, there's something here that he wants to point out. If your money could talk, and Jesus would say, oh, it talks. It talks a lot. What would it say? If your money could talk, and it's talking, what is it saying? God already knows. So you don't got to be defending against me. This is a conversation between you and God. He reads it, he reads your heart like a book. So he already knows. Money talks, and it says, You are a manager. Some of your translations say a steward. All right. Givers, people who are giving, people who are generous, they understand this principle that everything I own comes from God. All right? It's a hundred percent his. and, and what this idea does, if you can grasp this idea that what Jesus is getting at when he talks about money in this parable and others, when you understand this idea that everything I have, money, time, talents, personality, everything, my house, my everything, when you get this, it kills religion. It absolutely just slaughters religion. And you'd be like, what? No, I thought this was about a giving thing. And now he's going to talk about tithing and 10%. No. I'm not against tithing and and 10%. This kills religion because now there's not this system. This is a relationship between you and God that just says, hey, you've given me everything. I've done nothing to earn it. The air I breathe is your grace just coming into me when I get this now I'm free to just say, okay what do you, what do you want me to do with it? Where do you want me to go and that's not a that's not a percentage thing that's a hard thing that's where that's where that's where it gets hard now I give ten percent because that's just I'm a my personality is very structured excel spreadsheet I got to get everything measured out. I realize something but I don't care if God tells you to give what, everything, I don't, you do it. I will say this, generally, he does not tell you to give 100%. But also, on the flip side, generally, he does not tell you to give 0% either. There might be some cases, so you got to figure out where it is in between, and obey. And obey. Money talks, and it says, you're a manager. Money talks, and it says, this is all a test. All of it was a test. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you are faithful, here's the test. If you're faithful in the little, then you can be faithful in the large. I would often work with teenagers, and, and they would talk about, should I give? You know, they start babysitting or they start you know, landscaping or earning some money stuff. And I, and I would say, hey, listen, it's important to develop this habit of obeying God in your finances when you get the little, in the little kid, uh, what I would call the, the, the little kid paychecks. So if you made $10, I think it's important to, to, to start that habit off early. Because I say, when you get the big boy paychecks, I mean, you look at it and you're like, that's a vacation, that's a, that's a car payment. That's a, that's a, house, like, that's a lot. And, and if you can't handle it in the little, oh boy, when you get into the lot, like, ah, uh, uh, I don't know. And God's going to challenge you on this because this is getting at the heart. This is getting at the heart. It's a test. How do you pass this test? You pass this test by actions, not intentions. This this test is passed by action, not intention. You will be held accountable. This guy's going to get fired because he was not managing it very well. All right? And so God may be speaking to us. and, And I know for me, I'm like, hey, I wanted to give. I would love to give. I w- I was going to give, but that that, that ain't gonna that ain't gonna cut it. It's action, not intention. And for some of it, I I have these conversations a lot with myself and a lot of other people. And I'm, I'm not nagging on debt. A lot of us we are in debt, which is why when we talk about money, I want to help you get out of debt. We have resources that can help you get out of debt. But but the common thing, Mike, I am just. Overwhelmed in debt and I get that, I would still try to be faithful, even in the little, even though because when you have the increase and you're out of debt and you worked hard to do that, it's going to be hard to trust it even in that. I would start small. and I would start with whatever God tells you. That's all I'm going to tell you today. You talk to God, you deal with, with him, and then you obey whatever he tells you to do. That's all I can, as a pastor, you got got my heart right there. Talk to God, listen to him, and obey, whether it's money or anything else that he tells you to do. What does Jesus know? Why why is he harping so hard on this, Mike? What does he know? He knows a lot of us are probably going to get fired (laughs) by the way we handle our money, so he's trying to speak up. But he knows your heart. In Matthew chapter 6, he's preaching a a message. He says, uh, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So if this is a heart issue, the common question that I would ask is, how do I know where my heart is? Because I don't have a monitor for my spiritual heart like I do my Fitbit on my arm where I can see how my heart's doing. How do I monitor my spiritual heart? Jesus would say, follow the money trail." Now, we like to make that a lot harder than what it actually is, but it's actually quite simple. He says, follow the money trail, and you'll see where it is. So for a lot of us, our hearts are at Chili Works <laughs> with the breakfast burritos or the, the $10 burgers that we get at lunch. For a lot of us, our hearts are in our car, in our home, in our vacation, in our kids. None are bad. None of those are bad. Let me just t- tell you. But uh, we, we said this a couple weeks ago and I think it's worth bearing repeating. Evil looks good, okay? It doesn't look like this. I mean, evil's evil, and we can see it and point it out, but a lot of times materialism looks great. But it can be just as harmful and just as destructive. So he would say, follow the money trail. And listen, I hate this message. Your pastor, I'm here, I'm in this race with you. I, when I am honest about my money trail and I look at it, it's on me. It's on the temporary. If we were honest today, we would say, ah, the money trail says I'm on the temporary. Oh, I don't like that. But can you, can we just say that's a great next step to just say, I'm not where I want to be rather than come in the church with a mask and being fake. Or Jesus, he already knows your heart. You can't hide nothing from him. So we got to deal with this. I don't like it. You don't like it. We know where we want to be, but the test is not based off of intention. It's based off of action. It's based off of action. I'll give you another little illustration of this. We got some toddlers in the room. How many of you had some some toddlers where you had to put up a baby gate somewhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. OK, you got stairs or you just got to keep them kind of trapped in a room for a little while or something. I don't know. But and then I don't these things will make you cuss, like trying to get this open, like um, car seats and, and uh, uh, baby gate doors. My goodness. I, you want to see a pastor cuss, have me put in your, your car seat. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but just just saying. All right. So when you put this up and you put some boundary or restriction up in the house, what does the child do? Typically, they will go right up to the thing, and they, you know, they're like testing out the system like they're on Jurassic Park or something, but they don't like the restriction, and they, and they feel like, you have ruined my freedom. I want access to everywhere, and you've restricted that. The parents are saying, hey, within this boundary, you're free, whatever you want to do. And But they come to here, and they're so fixated on this thing. And eventually, they can get up and get, be, they get bigger. And as grown-up adults, we can just be like, you know what? I, I don't need the restriction. I'm good. And I think we do this with God a lot, especially when it comes to our finances, our stuff, our money, to say, I think I can do this better. I mean it doesn't make any sense God that I that I would give away 10% of my money that's that is a lot of money. And if I'm in debt it would make more sense to just get out of debt. It doesn't make sense to trust you with some of these things. Plus God, I've given before and it didn't work. I I I don't know that I can trust you God and what we find is that many of us have been coming over the gate and tripping down the same set of stairs over and over and over again. And we find ourselves discontent. We find ourselves living without peace, without joy in our lives. And while I want to suggest today in this, that if, if, if we want... God to be number one in our life. If we want Him to be first in our life, it starts with putting Jesus first in everything. Jesus, God, does not need your money. which is a a common misconception that we have. He does not want your money. He just does not want your money to have you. And he knows this thing. Why is he so hard on this? Because this will take your heart and lead you in a wrong direction, falling down some stairs. He's got something better planned. He's got something better planned, even if you can't see it. Money talks. says you are not the owner. You are not the owner. Money talks, and it says it's all a test. Money talks, and it says this is an opportunity. Now, this is a shady manager here. He's cutting some shady deals, right? Jesus in this parable, he's not not advocating for dishonesty in dealing with God's money or, or this manager's money. Okay, the point was, The point was, use your worldly resources to make friends and benefit others. This guy realized he was going to be fired. He had a limited opportunity. He had a limited amount of time to make the most of this opportunity. You and I, God has given us a limited amount of time here and now. In this moment, in these next few days, or just you hey, that fire sparked at one 1 p.m. 10 years ago on a Sunday and just blew up. We don't know what's going to happen at 1 p.m. today. You have a limited time on this earth. We know that. And he's saying, use the most of that opportunity to make investments and deposits into things that matter he's really diving in on this. And in, in, in uh, I'll give you a, a little bit of hint on some of the, the red or green series questions that are going to come up in a month. A lot of the questions, that, they're like, if God is loving, then, then why this evil? If God is loving, then why hell and eternal suffering? If God is loving, there's all this, if God is loving, and then you just, you have your own, right? Just put it in there. There's a lot of that. There's one that's like, hey, why do people who follow God quit? We, we, the, the people deconstructing their faith. What is behind that? There's a, and so I love the questions. I want to I talk about the questions and answers. But we have a lot of people who will not follow Christ or Christianity or Jesus because I don't think we're living this out. It has nothing to do with Jesus, but they'll look and see how the Jesus followers are living and say, I don't, I don't see the results. Or I, I, I got burned by that religion. And Jesus is trying to kill the religion. He's saying, this is a whole new way of life. I want you to see your resources as an opportunity. I want you to see your resources as an opportunity to display the character of God. This is when you are generous, you are reflecting your father who is generous. One of our favorite verses in scripture, one that you, even if you're not a Christian, you probably know. And you see it at the, the baseball games or the NFL games. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son everything. You cannot separate love and giving. It is, they go hand in hand. And this is who our God is. We, we read last week. We read last week. When the father had the son come back and he was throwing a party for his son, he said, my son was dead. My son was dead and now he's alive. And you would be like, no, 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 wait, wait. He was alive and then he was alive. And we have this myth in Christianity that I was a bad person, and then Jesus made me good. But that is not the message of, that's not the gospel. The gospel was you and I were dead. We, I couldn't do anything about my spiritual condition. I was dead, and then Jesus, by his grace and his mercy and his love and his generosity, made me alive again. That a giver, a giver knows this. They understand I brought nothing to the table. I was dead. And when you start living, that reflects the Father. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make logical sense. But you're reflecting our Father in heaven. And he calls his church the bride, which many people are, are leaving. And, that, and, and that, I, you know, for me, I'd be like, oh, well, that's just such a negative thing. Or whatever. or I think the opportunity, the opportunity has never been more. So I'm not going to shrink away because it's an opportunity to be a bigger light in our world that is extremely dark and searching for hope and meaning. This past COVID season, people are looking for something, anything. Many of them will go to a substance, to a substance. And everybody's searching the the church, this church. Freedom Church gets a chance to to be an opportunity to be a light in our community. Watch watch this. This is in Acts chapter 4. The first church who we love to try to model after as best as we can. It says, all the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. Oh, what? What? So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so you got people who are sharing everything. What I have is not mine. It's it's just every, it's not mine. I'm a manager. Oh, and they're gonna proclaim the gospel, which is the resurrection. That's the thing we were pointing to, remember? Why are we talking about this? Because Jesus was dead, he claimed to be God, and now he's alive again, and a lot of people saw it. That sparked a revolution. That sparked this church to say, okay, we're gonna go live this thing out. And so they did. And God's blessing, God was on that church. You understand that? When you get a church that gets this, that it says, what's mine is not mine. I'm just going to follow Jesus on what he says, and I'm going to go proclaim this message of hope that Jesus gives and salvation through him. And him. God was in on that. He, you're going to see him move more than through your own efforts. The apostles, it says in verse 34, it says, there were no needy people among them, Because those who own land or houses would sell them. What? This is insane. You sell property and give it to the church. Now I'm not saying do that. That's between you and God. Like, don't misunderstand, but do you see the hearts? The heart. Don't make this a legalistic thing. They would bring it to the apostles, they brought it to church to give to those in need. If you need an example, here is one. We know this name. We, don't, we, know, we know this one. For instance, there was Joseph, the one of the apostles nicknamed Barnabas. Ah, oh, Barnabas, the son of encouragement. And he was from the tribe of Levi, and he came from an island of Cyprus, and he sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Holy cow. This blows American Christianity out of the water on what we are used to. And this is the challenge that I think Jesus wants to push you to today, that this is not a consume. I come here and I check it off the list and we're good to go. If you're here, I'm glad you're here. The movement we are starting at Freedom Church is is much bigger. The culture we're trying to create is one that isn't I'll oh, come to freedom and come and do these things. No, your mission is out there. We got to go and live this thing out. We want to do it together. I think a lot of people want to be a part of that mission. And so when we start doing it together, you're going to see a lot of other people that want to be a part of that mission. And for many of us, we got to get over this lifestyle that that we have we have grown up with this idea that I am a good person. I have worked hard, and I'm not saying that any of that's wrong. You're a great person. You have worked hard, but we believe I deserve a comfortable life. And so we work hard to maintain that. That's religion. And Jesus came to kill religion. With Jesus, he would say, we we would say, someone who, who is, I'm not religious. I'm a follower of Jesus. This is He's not just trying to say, oh, well, this, this is a good idea. Or He's like, this is how I created life. And the, the person who gives would say, the, some, even in my hardships, even in my suffering, even in, in my going without, God is still with me, guiding me the entire way. So I'm sold out on this thing. Why is Jesus so hard on this? Why am I being so aggressive and passionate about it today? Because this changes the world. Getting this changes the community. Getting this changes lives. When you get to the end of your life, do you want more stuff or more stories? You know the answer. I I had a, a scare earlier this year where I thought I was having a heart attack. The doctors thought I was having a heart attack. I was being life-flighted to, to, to Santa Fe. Fortunately, I was not having a heart attack. I'm here today, but I didn't know. It was in the, just like that. I thought my time might be up. I didn't want my stuff. I was thinking about my story and the legacy I wanted to tell my boys because I may not be able to talk to them again. There's that type of urgency in Jesus' message We have just a little bit of time here, managers. You've been given a little bit of resources, managers. So manage it well. Make the most of every opportunity. He knows, Jesus is hard on this because he knows you want your life to have meaning. You're more than butt dust. You want to pass on a legacy that life is bigger than me. At Freedom Church, I'm so thankful for this church. Part of this, for some of you, this is an encouraging message to keep going. For some of you, in this, this message is a, it's a chance for God to challenge you, and I'm okay with a little bit of challenge from God. I don't want anything from you. This is something for you. I want more stories from you, for you. I believe there's blessing on the other side, it may not come back in material wealth, but I think God does want to give you joy and peace and influence and leadership to go be a light in this world to other people. And when we started Freedom Church uh, three years ago, zero dollars, zero people. Just, God, I think we're following you. We've seen 56 people respond to the gospel in, in less than four years. 56 people in Los Alamos have responded to the gospel, say, I want to follow Jesus. We've had seven baptisms. We've had, we've had uh, one of my favorite things, Love Los Alamos Fund. We started a fund. It's called the Loveless Alamos Fund. Every dollar that you give, 10 cents of that, 10% of that will go into the Loveless Alamos Fund. That's your money. In case you've never heard of this fund, that's your money. So when you leave here, when we, we gather and then we scatter, when you go out the walls today, and, you're, and you might even think of someone right now, you're like, I have a friend, so-and-so, they couldn't pay a utility bill. I have another friend that, you know what, they've been just going through a hard season. That's not a financial hardship but they could just use some love, and I don't have money to just drop. I would love to just love on them, but I don't have two hundred and fifty dollars to pay a utility bill, or I don't even have fifty bucks to go buy them some groceries. You have a Love Los Alamos fund that is yours to access. You make a request, and we got to make sure we got money in the pool, but we do. And then you, we cut you a check, and you go bless your friend. And we've given out over. We've easily lent, I'm going to say, over $50,000 in, in three years to people in Los Alamos just to go and bless them. No strings attached. And, and a couple weeks ago, we, worked, we the, the community, the community leaders, the police department, uh, J-Jab, others, they have started to hear, not because we advertise, just through word of mouth, they said freedom can help. Freedom can help. And we get calls, and JJab the other day received a check to go help out one of their clients and customers. And the, the JJab specialist who came and worked with us, or got the check in that family, they got the check, they said, Thank you, and then they turned around. They, they took their glasses off, they said, I just, I just want you to know how many lives this church is helping out in this community. You need to know that. And you can't can't fake a a genuine, like, I want you to understand this. A church that gets this, you're going to have lots of stories. I'm having, to me, again, I want to make this run more than 15 years, beyond us, a legacy beyond this, that in 20 years, when I'm retired and gone, when you're retired and gone, the foundation has been built for the next generation where the stories are countless of what Jesus has been doing in us and through us. And how do you do that? How do you build that legacy? You build it one story at a time. You build that one conversation at a time. You build that one step at a time with your first step, the first step, not my way, Jesus, my first step may be today putting Jesus first in everything. I'm crazy enough to believe God's in on that church and he will make it go way farther than we ever could. So with that in mind, can we stand and can we pray? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired